Noom uses the latest and proven behavioral science to empower people to take control of their health for good. Noom builds personal plans that can meet an individual's needs, takes into account dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs to build a plan that works for you. Through a combination of psychology, technology, and human coaching, their platform has helped millions of users meet their personal health and wellness goals. I think a lot of intelligence has gone into the whole Noom system. They really think about how humans live, how they think, what their psychology is, and it's all been used to help people control their weight. So stay focused on what's important to you with the Noom psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's Noom. N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now, wherever books are sold. Sona, how's your sock drawer looking? It's messy. There's a lot of single socks. Yep. I think it's time for a little spring cleaning. Oh. (laughs) Check out Bombas. Once you try a pair, you'll never look at socks the same way again. I should know. I like my Bombas. Their spring collection has new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. My feet have never been to a party. (laughs) They've got stripes and florals and new vintagey colored rib socks. You know, when I'm wearing Bombas, I feel like my feet are being caressed and cared for in a way they never have been in my life. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash Conan and use code Conan for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Conan and use code Conan at checkout. Hello, my name is Matthew Reese, and I feel... Equal parts confused and terrified about being Conan O'Brien's friend. The confusion would be why, why, why am I even here? <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Fall is here. Hear the yell. Back to school. Ring the bell. Brand new shoes. Walking blues. Climb the fence. Books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hey there. Welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. And I do. I do need a friend. Sometimes I make a friend and then I quickly lose them. And that's on me. Mm. I'm told I'm alienating and clingy. But that's not the important thing. (laughs) 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 That's from my father. Um, I'm uh, here as always with uh, Matt Gorley and Sonam Ovsessian. And guys, I have some exciting news for you, which is that recently... I was uh, in New York City, and um, I started to hear a lot of there was talk of gerbils. Oh, the mm. new call! And w- as let me let me just uh, update anybody. For a long time, um, catechai, uh was the catchphrase, and I would get catechized wherever I went, and that's people's way of letting them letting me know that they listen to the podcast, um, which was kind of fun. And then uh, not too long ago, I was telling a story uh, about. Uh, when Mickey Rooney was on the show many, many, many years ago, and he was trying to invoke, come up with the name Richard Gere, but he couldn't think of his name. And he said, who is he? Who is he? You know that guy, that actor. And Andy and I are both trying to help him. And he we said, well, tell us something about him. And <laughs> Mickey Rooney said, there was talk of gerbils. <laughs> and Andy and I both explode laughing and laugh for a solid 40 minutes. Uh, it was one of the most absurd moments of my life, which is really saying something. 
there was talk of gerbils. Anyway, we were talking about that and then that we decided that should be the new Katakai. And I'm very impressed because I'm getting a lot of, there was talk of gerbils. Mm. And I even had one person walk up behind me in a restaurant and practically whisper in my ear, there was talk of gerbils. Oh, I thought you were going to say something else happened behind you with a gerbil. Oh, no, no, no. Um, the there's it doesn't count if someone else has to place the gerbil um <laughs> there are rules to these things for christ's sake but oh. anyway uh it was uh, it's been kind of cool it's working it's working people so are feel, listening to us you feel um inflated when you hear that like that's a good thing when someone shouts yeah. across a crowded room there was talk, there was of, talk gerbils. of gerbils yeah yeah like i'm that. walking down walking up fifth avenue very crowded street and someone shouts from like 200 yards away there was talk of gerbils how do you feel yes. about resuscitating a, like a like a 30 year old rumor about an, a beloved <laughs> actor actually you know he's pretty well, beloved and yeah. he's never obviously never By coming gerbils. on this podcast oh Matt yeah <laughs> gerbils I can't get enough I don't think they love um, him they do um, he provides know. sanctuary does he get anyway. does he get consent <laughs> come on no listen well, it's an insane rumor of course it's not true there's no way that ever happened but the fact I, first of all I didn't resuscitate it it was Mickey Rooney God rest his soul who did it back in 1993 on my show and then I just happened to recall it. I don't think that that is technically me resuscitating the rumor. You just did. So um, I think I'm in the clear. You I are keeping so. it alive in a way. You I mean, are. Really, yeah. People Googled that rumor after you after they listened to that segment. Well, and they're like, all, what? Richard Gere did what? And that's- You think people didn't know? I think that there is a contingent of people who had Wait, no Eduardo idea. Wait, saying he didn't know. Yeah, I younger people know. might not know it. Okay, Eduardo didn't know. Yeah. Okay, so now just because I when repeated you, what Mickey Rooney said, you now I are aware it. of this. You believe it? <laughs> <laughs> well, guess what? We have the gerbil. He's here oh, and he's going wow, on the record. What a <laughs> yeah. He's dead. He's for sure dead. <laughs> he died. Hey, gerbil. Do a little. Uh, it is all untrue. It is. This is the Chiron that will oh, go underneath the gerbil. Got a great yeah. podcast voice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The gerbil is now saying, and then we just put this on a Chiron. Uh, the, the rumors are untrue. I never even met Mr. Gear. Mr. Gear is an outstanding actor. These are uh, absurd, absurd allegations, Ooh, and I deny them. That sounds like a, no. It's it's. It's clearly not true. It's clearly not true. I don't know and if so it's clearly I, not true. I think it it could be. You think? No, no. What are you doing, Sonia? Yeah, I'm no, sorry, it's I'm, not true. Okay. First of all, it's an. Who would? A lot. I don't of even know how that would. Would what? No, would not a would lot of people start but, using specifics for Christ's sake. He's, he's okay. The, the rumor no is one. What? No one wants a gerbil. They have claws. <laughs> That's not going to be good. Not if you declaw them. I always thought they wore mittens. They do. I think you get little gerbil mittens. Little boxing gloves. Du- little boxing gloves. And um, But also, do you, do they enter through a habit trail? I always heard it was through a cardboard uh, tube. Like a t- paper just, towel I, roll. You know what I pictured? One of those giant habit trails that's yeah. literally going, it's massive. The gerbil's been journeying for days. No, they enter Stop. through it like a Home Depot pneumatic message delivery system. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
How many are putting going in there? Anyway, no, it's completely untrue. Okay. And I am as shocked as anybody by the allegation that I have resuscitated this rumor because I would not do that. No, yes, I think there's a I whole blame... generation of people now who know that rumor because of you specifically. And they're they're yelling to you that, hey, I know what that gerbil thing's about. So every time they say it, they mean that you're ruining Richard Gere's career and reputation. I am not in any way hurting his career. or both, Although Barbara Walters in an interview did ask him about it. Really? Did you know that? Stop. What? There's a Barbara Walters interview where she says, you know that rumor? And he's like, oh my God. Yes. So Barbara Walters in her own way, I think Mickey Rooney and Barbara Walters <laughs> and were you. the true criminals here. And you. And God yes. rest both of their souls. <laughs> yeah. But they're the ones that, sh <laughs> the true criminals. Um, I'm just repeating something I heard during one of my idle chats. <laughs> what are we going to do if we ever have Richard Gere as a guest on this show? Yeah, oh, that's please. what I'm saying. He won't come on. I think on. That, that ship sailed yeah. a long time ago. <laughs> I love Richard Gere. I, he's, and I've met him a bunch of times. He's a lovely man. He's a very talented actor, and it's the stupidest untrue rumor in the history of show business. Mm. But it's out there. I don't know how it got revived. <laughs> But I'm going to look into it and find out. Let's talk guests. My guest today. This guest deserves better. This, oh, my God. Especially any guest deserves, deserves so better, better. Than, the, than this intro oh of my God. gerbils being fired through a pneumatic tube <laughs> into the bottom of a famous. All right. My guest today. <laughs> Won an Emmy for his portrayal of Russian spy Philip Jennings in the FX series The Americans. He also stars in the HBO series Perry Mason. I have to tell you, I believe him to be one of the most uh, charming and uh, witty uh, gentlemen I have encountered in this lifetime. Thrilled with us today. Matthew Reese, welcome. I think you thought you were on your way to a different podcast. No, no, it's not that. I usually go to most <laughs> interviews and certainly most jobs going, why am I here? They're just going to go, we meant Terry Reese. Get out, fraud. <laughs> I live my life. I mean, what a way to live. I mean, I know what most actors do. Uh -huh. Have Has that ever crossed your mind for a second? Why should I be here? Yeah, the imposter syndrome. Of course. What are you talking? I've built a career on the imposter syndrome. <laughs> I know. I, 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 I'm constantly looking about saying, how is any of this happening? Right. Um, and I think that they're talking about someone behind me. And sometimes they are, actually. Uh, <laughs> that, that has happened. That's, yeah. a, that's a terrible feeling. But but I still I still I still navigate life looking at people like you going I bet you I bet he I bet he bloody doesn't feel it who the, the revelation recently was Ryan Reynolds says he has it and I was like God he has it right well if he has it we're all fine yeah well okay this is a a true story that should put you at ease I have these two colleagues that usually do the show with me Sona who's my assistant mm. and uh, Matt Gorley. But they have been found out. They have been found out. So now they've been they're removed. Gone. Yeah, they're gone. But because I'm, they both have young kids and right. I'm here in New York mm. and they found out that you were booked and they were ecstatic. Then they find out that only I get to talk to you because it's in New York. And they talked about it on the show and how bitter they were <laughs> because uh, I hate to break it to you, but uh, you are a delightful uh, good-looking <sighs> fellow that oh. everyone. So this there was an insurrection uh. at my little show because they couldn't be here. Things I have never sparked. One, an insurrection in my in my own lunchtime. Yes, this it genuinely makes me feel 
Like I have something to give. I This reminds me of years and years and years ago in another lifetime, I was walking through a section of Boston, ran into uh, a gang of kids who were not too happy to see me. One of them uh, punched me really hard in the face, smashed my nose. So my mother's at work and she gets a call. And the person who calls my mother says, I don't know why she phrased it this way, but it was a gang of kids. And she said, your son Conan was attacked by a mob. And my mother's first thought was, that makes sense. Because <laughs> she was just used to me being around the house, being a wise ass. Of course he was attacked by a mob. Oh my God. She probably finished the sentence. One of your sons, was it Conan? Yeah. <laughs> That um, makes sense. Oh my god! No, we all have. We the all. Fact, but the fact that she thinks you you could offend a mob or, or incite a mob, I could do it. Is all is almost a certain testament to you in a, in a way. Also. I think it is. It shows I'm you know yes I'm I'm like Braveheart. You yeah, know, I'm just yeah, a, I'm yes a great uh, yeah a browser. leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. Uh, Congratulations. Thank you. That, no, but, but that, that's a true story. That that. Uh, People adore you. And yeah. when we talked, the last time we talked on the podcast, it was Zoom because it was during yeah. the alleged virus. <laughs> yeah. um, I'd still like to see proof on that. And yeah. uh, and you were fantastic oh. and we were cackling away. And then I will admit at one point, your lovely and beautiful wife, Carrie, walked by in the background with, I think, a load of laundry. <laughs> and I have to tell you, I, I my soul left my body for a minute and I didn't listen to you at all. Yes. I watched this 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 vision of beauty yeah. walk by with some laundry yes. and then walk by the other way. Yes. My soul off when I see her with laundry, my soul leaves my body because I think, shit, I haven't done it. Oh God, I'm in trouble. <laughs> You're in trouble. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah, that's that'll make me that'll make me <laughs> leap like Nuriev when I see work work in the house that I haven't done. You know, it is still a disconnect for me. I'm I'm a big fan of yours and of your work and whether it's the Americans or Perry Mason or any of the work you've done in film, I'm just used to this, the accent, your true accent is fantastic. Ah, Though the, the, uh, the Welsh accent might be my favorite accent. Hurrah. Because I find the Irish accent to be absurd. <laughs> I mean, the real Irish accent. You know, yes. the real Irish accent, yes. when you go to Ireland and you talk to Irish people, when I was a kid, there was a commercial for a cereal called Lucky Charms. Yes, of course. And the little Lucky Charms man were like, ah, Lucky Charms. And it was all kind of like this. Yeah. And falling and falling and falling yeah. and falling. And I thought that's how Irish people talked. And then I talked to real Irish people. <laughs> Not a word. Can't understand a word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One long aggressive vowel. <laughs> When was the first time you went? To, were you tracing roots the first time you went? Back? No, no, I went there the first time, of course, to do comedy. I went there to shoot a, a comedy piece, and the idea was that I was looking for my roots, but that all I knew was that they looked like me, meaning round face, Irish, uh, red hair. Um, they drank a lot, and they were depressive. And I was <laughs> asking people, and their last name was O'Brien. Great, and of course, um, it was a really fun segment, but I have found myself uh i mean i basically know sort of where we're from mm. but the which last, is where, where we are from the south on the water uh dungarvan right. in waterford yeah yeah, yeah. and right. we know that i have a great 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 grandfather who was a bone setter uh wow. and someone else was really good at building a stone wall <laughs> and seriously like he knew where to put the rock yeah and all, of, all those could, i could see the bone setter and and the the wall mason kind of Discussing notes at times. Yes. Surely, surely they found a common thread there. Yes, which is when you drop the rock. Yes. Because, now, <laughs> listen, now, I've got a fella. Well, I'm related to him. I'll send you to him now. 
Yeah, he'll mm-hmm. set you. He'll set you right. Yeah, they probably worked with each other. They did. They did. But I'm curious. Uh, you, it's got to be such a rich and important part of your life because I think of the amazing actors, storytellers, poets come from Wales. It's just got to be in your blood. There's something in your. There's something in the blood oh, of the God. Welsh people. What yeah. is it besides besides the obvious? Yeah. Yes. Besides ninety percent alcohol. Um, I, there's a there's a number of things I attribute it to. Uh, yes, I think I think like the other Celtic countries, we 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 have that very deep rooted um, storytelling society. Yes. Yeah. I think I think Wales possibly more so than Ireland and Scotland because we were we were far smaller in numbers and size had to had to work that much harder in, to to find a, an equal footing yep. in in this in the kind of between the two Celtic giants. So sometimes at times we we shout a little too loud as the kind of you know ag- aggressive young sibling of of the tribe. Um, and I think it's certainly in, in Wales where there's still a very, str- I don't know if I bored you with this last time, there's a very strong tradition um, <clears throat> in, in the youth movements of Wales that twice a year there are two enormous cultural festivals for children, although it's slightly ironic that they make it a competition. Right. But you get together to compete in poetry recital, um, you know, singing, any kind of cultural medium. So it, it, you, are, you are beaten over the head with it, you know, from a very early age. And this, I, this is. I'm going to add to this, yeah. um, which is that I spent 28 years with a talk show, talking to a lot of actors, and I learned over time. And this is just almost like I was doing a science experiment. Whether you're English, Irish, Scottish, Welsh, those actors come and they have stories, and they're funny, and there is a thing, and it's not, it's not true of every American actor, certainly. But there was, uh, I don't know, I, I have a theory that it was maybe James Dean or Marlon Brando, the looking down, uh, never smiling, mumbling tradition meant that it's not cool to be a raconteur. Right. Does that make any sense yes, to you? Yes, abs- absolutely. So, absolutely. so, so uh, you know, you'd have great, great American actors yeah. would come on and they'd give very little, be a little monosyllabic, and every now and then... They did dare to be a little funny. Every time I talked to anybody who came up in the UK, they, I mean, you're talking about, and we were talking just before the show about just some of the amazing greats and you see them on talk shows back in the 60s. Yeah. And the seventies, which is what I, I was raised. I was certainly raised on, you know, cu- that couple, I was going to say, you know, I think there was, a, there was a, certainly there was a, I'm going to segue viciously because I have quite, quite, I have a mustache at the moment because my nephew came over to stay with me recently. And I have such vivid memories of my uncles back in the 70s and 80s who have t- had terrible mustaches. Uh-huh. So I kind of wanted to have pictures of, of us together. So we'd always have these terrible pictures of me in a mustache because I always think you should have a picture, a photo of your uncle with a, du- with a dubious <laughs> mustache at some point. He's like, wait, wait a minute, you're, you're on the Americans. Couldn't you have just... <laughs> I thought, I did think about going into, <laughs> into the cigar box <laughs> and going, no, what do, we, what do we have here? Today I'm Groucho Marx. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, that coupled, so the, the, it was always the the uncle that was the slight raconteur for us back at home, who always came in with the, with a long story or the you know the tall tale, coupled with those you know the Peter O'Toole, the Richard Harris, the Richard Burtons when when they're on you know um, on those on the big talk shows who could just spellbind with with these stories of, yes. of of such enormous standing that you didn't care if they were true or not. Oh, God, true has no, no place no, in a story. No, absolutely not. We have a saying, uh, it's an Irish fact, you know, which is, 
Uh, and my 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 mother in law, who I adore, who's great. She uh, her family, like mine, uh, is uh, Irish Catholic, and she'll sometimes, with great certainty, tell you a story. Yeah. And uh, my father-in-law will say, well, it's an Irish fact. <laughs> that's uh, I'm but, taking that one home. Oh, yeah. Well, Kerry and I, because Kerry and I, Kerry does that thing. So she's like, yeah, but that's not true. And I'm like, but that doesn't matter because the story was infinitely better with that fact. This is. She goes, but it's not a fact. I'm going to play this segment for my wife because my wife and my kids are always around. They saw the, the actual moment go down. Right. Then. I rearrange it yes. a bit. I make a few tweaks yes. and I'm killing with it at a party. Yes. And they'll be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, that's not true. You have the order wrong. Yes. And no, you didn't have a shotgun. Yeah. And I think, well, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a pellet gun. It broke the skin. Yeah. It shot bubbles. Yeah. It shot soap bubbles. Yeah. Um, I, I saw, I think, footage. I don't remember where he was, but I saw Richard Burton telling a story. And, you know, you think about now there's just so much so many interviews everywhere mm. and they're just the the world is everybody's constantly just interviewing each other no one's growing food anymore uh, <laughs> <laughs> just egos yeah. yeah yeah and so um and so you can get like oh, okay you know this is really so much fluff but then i i watched i forget who it was but they were interviewing richard burton and he was talking, telling a story mm -hmm. about as, as a young man doing, performing Shakespeare in London. And then he said he could hear the word had come out just before he went out that Winston Churchill's in the audience. Yeah. And then he said he starts to say his lines and he can hear this very familiar voice in the audience yes. saying them along with him. Yes, word for word. Word for <clears> word. <throat> and I think... And he said, I sped up, I slowed down, I couldn't lose it. I couldn't lose him. I no, no, no. And, and I think to myself... Now that's a talk show story. Yes, yes. I don't have one like that. No, I have no. <laughs> I and tell people Winston Churchill came to a late night show a few years ago and uh, <laughs> no one ever for some reason no one with, buys it. I couldn't lose him in the monologue. Yeah, yeah. And then at the end of the story uh, he said um the he's in his dressing room there's a knock at the door and, and and the door opens and Churchill's there and he goes my noble lord Hamlet may I use your bathroom. <laughs> he's like what a fitting coda. <laughs> now now Churchill. You know, it's only a matter of time until your check engine light comes on, which could equal an expensive repair bill, and a new engine can cost up to $6,000. Don't I know it. But this is why you need this product I'm about to mention right now. Okay. CarShield. Mm. CarShield offers plans with low monthly rates that you can pay for your expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. It's so nice to have that protection of CarShield. I know. I believe. That's my belief. Some people have other beliefs, maybe religious beliefs. I think CarShield. CarShield plans provide protection on up to 5,000 major parts and systems, including items like transmission, mm. engine, even your entertainment system. Mm. Just call CarShield and choose the mechanic to do the work. CarShield administrators will handle the rest and save you money. Look, I saw your car today. You've got a beautiful car, but you've got to haul your family around in this yeah. car. This is a vital piece of machinery for you. You need Car Shield. I do. And you know, I you know I don't take care of my cars very well. So Car Shield it would definitely come in. You know, and also with their A rating from the BBB, don't ask me. Car Shield is the name you can trust to save you money on covered auto repairs. Now's the time to make the smart choice to protect yourself from the sky-high auto repair bills. Visit carshield.com/conan. Save 20% today. Again, that's carshield.com/conan to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash Conan to lock in your price today. 
This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. Come on, if most people are being honest, no one really knows what you do for work, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, especially if you're in a, what I like to call B2B. Oh, you know? what, what is that? I'll explain. Okay. That's a business doing business with other businesses. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I call it B2B. It's a little thing. It's also, uh, it's a boy band I'm working on. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, LinkedIn has a network of professionals who get what you do and you can reach the right people who matter most to your company because they're LinkedIn. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. LinkedIn has over, this is the fun part to say, one billion members. Are you serious? Yeah. That's not that's more people than are on Earth because there are people on the moon using it and Saturn. <laughs> that's one over one billion members on its platform, including 70 million decision makers. God, I'd like to meet a decision maker. Since LinkedIn members are regularly updating their work history, you can precisely build a target audience by job title, industry, company, and more. Man, you can reach the right people for your, I'm going to say it again, B2B business with LinkedIn ads. Yeah. Gets even better because LinkedIn will give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Hmm. There you go. Just go to linkedin.com slash Team Coco to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash Team Coco. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. So you grow up, yes, I and mean, there's no, that tradition. Still, still in debate. That's yeah. You yep. well, you you uh, you physically grow. Yeah, yes. Yeah, you have still have the mind of a child, yeah. but uh, <laughs> you grow up and you have this such this rich tradition, mm. and now you're spending a good portion of your life in New York City. Yeah, and you have a family yes. here. Yeah, yeah. And that must feel like a disconnect sometimes. It, it, it's it's still to this day. It feel it feels like so many things. When it, I remember the one of the first times it really hit home was when we were driving we were driving back into the city, and we cross we, we we live very close to the Brooklyn Bridge. And we were crossing the Brooklyn Bridge and the kids go, oh, we're home. And I went, who's home? Who, yes. What? what? This is not my this home. Is, no, I know, I'm still, <laughs> this is part of a movie. Yes. <laughs> you can only work a 10-hour day. Yeah. yeah, you precocious assholes. Yes. So, and it's it's still, there are, there are, there are more, I, I, as I was coming in today, there are scenes I will, I will look at you know, in, in Times Square and still feel like I'm in a Scorsese movie. Yes, you're and a taxi driver. Yes, yes. I, I, I'm giving the best performance of my life. But it, 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 it's, it's still, it's, it still hasn't sunk in. There's, where, where, the, where the kids play football has this incredible view of Manhattan. It's the kind of 
Brooklyn, the southern tip of Manhattan, it has the entire view of that. You can see, you can see the Chrysler Empire State. You can see everything from this, from a football field where the kids played football. And I said the other day, I said it is incredible that you will grow up having this view from your soccer field. Yeah. And he went, "What view?" <laughs> and I went, N- "Nothing. Doesn't matter. Kick the ball." Yeah, yeah. It so, is. It's like uh, if you talk to us. Uh, if 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 one does talk to, I try not to, but talk to a, a a small boy in France in Paris who lives in the shadow of the Eiffel Tower. There's a good chance he's never been up in it. No, no, and, nor, and doesn't gi- and doesn't give a shit. No, and no, and no, and understandably, no, nor should he. Los Angeles. You know, I was, in, I was in. I was seven years in Los Angeles, and that felt that felt a lot more foreign to me. That was truly the thing. I think. We all grew up with this incredibly exotic idea of Los Angeles, and it sort of doesn't disappoint when you when you got off the plane. You know, we were all heading over there for pilot season with these with these giddy notions. But LA to me, and st- still has that light and those palm trees that still ha- ha- feel like uh, it was everything I imagined and wanted to do as a child. And then when I came to New York, having spent 13 years in London, I felt one step to what I still felt like in a movie, but it was one step towards somewhere I knew. I was like, I-, I can I can navigate the subway. I know, you know, this feels a little more familiar. The bars were a little more familiar. I felt like I was like... Okay, I'm, I can be. I can be relatively comfortable. You've clicked here. back a little closer on the dial. I have. I have. The, I can. I can find my own among these among these dirty streets. What when you're you're a kid and you're dreaming about Hollywood? Yeah. Maybe it or, was. Yeah. What you know? Who were the actors that really spoke to you, or the film actors? Were there people that spoke to you, and were they necessarily any of the Welsh greats, or were you had you moved on to? You like Laverne and Shirley? Well, I've always loved Laverne and Shirley, Cagney and Lacey, all the classics. But right, right. but. I think Burton was revered in Wales because he was the tra- he was the trailblazer, the yes. one who who not only conquered he, he not only conquered, well, no, you know Hollywood. He 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 took it to a realm that we could have we can still only imagine. Well, because you know I don't think there's a lot of young people that listen Sorry, to this and they yes. don't understand that Richard Burton and Elizabeth Taylor were this scandalous couple. Mm. They were whatever you think the Kardashians are now in terms of f- pure level of fame. Yes. Or you know, you know, uh, Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie, whatever mm. you you can imagine, it was bigger because they were the acknowledged biggest couple in the world. world. Yes, and for about eight years, and were whatever they did was news. Right, and and and, and to a degree, the sort of first of that paparazzi yes. world that that kind of would shut down blocks because yep. of you know the trail of paparazzi and and just. Just the extravagance of the life that went with it—the yachts and the kind of outbidding. She ha- he got her a giant ring. Yes, he outbid Onassis on the on the on the on the on the gemstone or something. You know, yeah. all those all those incredible stories and hailing from a tiny mining town in in South Wales. So it was he he was you know I I I read about him as a young boy and he really was he was great friends with Dylan Thomas. So he he bestrode so much in kind of Welsh mythicism yep. and yep. law for for me personally still does that he was you know and then and then Hopkins from the same town Anthony Hopkins from the same town followed in his footsteps and then and then we were all on and then we were off we were like if right we're on right I want to go back in time and be born in that town I really do. I know, I, know. <laughs> I want a time machine yes. and a visa yes I want to be born in that town yes and uh, then I'll get the respect I deserve right Michael Sheen also born in that town but then but you know they these were they they set they set the the trail for us to kind of go 
it's uh, we're allowed now. It's, yeah, it's it's possible. Are there any things that you can do, say, with your family that will bring them closer to your childhood? Can you go out and and this is a uh, I don't even know if this is something that happens in Wales. I'm just making it up. But can you say, let's go cut some peat for the fire? <laughs> No, we leave that to the can, Irish. No one, can okay. cut, no one can cut peat like the Irish. Okay. Yes. All right. That, that was a bad one. How no, about this? No. How about you dig a small mine wherever yes. you're living, yeah. uh, just outside. Get permission that's, from the city to build a small mine. Well, that's what we have going on in Brooklyn at the moment. We have, <laughs> we're going down another seam in a week. So we're, we're very excited. The kids are very excited. I'm old school, so I like the naked flame on the, sure, on the helmet. of course. Of course. Here's a canary for the morning. Off you go. <laughs> you, no, low, you lower them on a yeah, rope? Yeah, I do. Sing, sing, Danny. <laughs> Yes, yes. So, so you know, but they get a sense of both worlds. I like that. A, a, a sense of, you know, both worlds and understanding. Funnily enough, for last year, for the, you know, Kerry was shooting back in London. So for the first time, and my son was six, so I, I, I got to start um, taking him back to those elements of my childhood when we were kind of packed off to the farms at, at early ages and we went back to my father's farm and and that was that <laughs> I did get quite emotional at times but that was, to me was this incredible moment where I started to show him all the old you know Kodak photos of me at six yeah feeding various livestock and it just sounds sound like a complete Welsh cliche but but yeah I, I was I was incredibly happy to be to be able to do that to kind of you know Link, link, link my past more so than I've I've been doing so. I mean, that's the other thing too. Is do you think your your kid's going to have an accent at all? It's going to have. Can you just can you give him tapes that he could listen to as he's sleeping at night? It's, I, I I do speak to him in Welsh now because I you know I was I was raised speaking Welsh and it, and it wasn't any kind of conscious decision when when he was born. I just started speaking to him in, in Welsh and he's now entering this phase where he's realizing that I. He calls it dada language and mama language. And he's kind of getting, it's not, he's not embarrassed by it, but some, well, no, it, he is embarrassed by it because sometimes in school, he'll say, hey, can you speak mama's language? And I go, I go, yes, absolutely. But, you know, know that it's just, it's our own <laughs> secret language because I'm pretty sure there's very few in Brooklyn that can pick up on our conversation. So, you know, I, I, I'm just trying to impart things that, in retrospect, I hope he'll go. All oh, right, he did. He did. He did pass on. There, there are these these phrases, these songs that I can remember. You know, the songs from my father. To quote Marlon Brando's book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you? It's funny. What I'm passing on to my kids is because my uh, my wife is very. She's What's a, her, her She's a wasp. So she's. <laughs> She just is. She's a. She's. A, I married someone who's got ancestors with portraits. Brilliant. And, um, Brilliant. Do they go back to the Mayflower? Oh, I'm sure they were. They were on the Mayflower. These were people who. They're. They're. They're a mix of uh, some Welsh, Scottish, English, a little bit of Irish, and then uh, it's funny when I came along. Uh, there, uh, my my wife's grandfather was uh, was just like, oh, you brought an Irishman, have you? <laughs> You know, and I'm like, well, you know, we've been in this country a couple of hundred years. I'm well educated. I think I, I, I clean up nice. Yeah. And, um, uh, but he was suspicious. He told me at one point, he called me over and he said, you know, I just have to tell you, I have a problem with the Pope. And I said, well, I. 
Yeah, I said, you know, first of all, it's 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 two thousand five. So, but it was just funny that I think when he looked at me, yeah. he saw a leprechaun uh, who was trying to a pope loving, yeah, licking, uh, you papist, <laughs> yeah, you papist liquor. Uh, so, uh, were but, you raised Catholic? Oh, very Catholic, yeah. right? Yeah, right. very is very Catholic, and so um, have you. T- so, have you done? Uh, have you done genealogy? Have you done the kind of? I did, and uh, all your percentages. I am 100%. Uh, that's amazing. And I think about it. Congratulate no, you. But You're I, a thoroughbred. Well, I, what I say when it's true is I'm inbred. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. They kept it was that part own. of my stand-up act yes. for a while. And people would really laugh hard. And I think they always laugh at the true part. <laughs> And, isn't, that, isn't that the goal? But of course, you know, you're only 100% Irish if if brothers are marrying sisters well, for yes, a couple of hundred years. Exactly. So well, this well ex- done. <laughs> <laughs> you passed the test. You know, you get the key to the country now, let alone the city. Pick a city. No, it's true. Uh, I would love, I always tell my kids, your guys are a mix and you want to be a mix. Right. An exotic, right. exotic mix. Yes, of course. Of Irish with Scottish, yeah. with English, yes. with... Uh, yeah, all, all bases covered. Yes. Yeah, then they can mix in any social circle. Exactly. Yeah, and passport to any, any small Celtic <laughs> country they want. But anyway, uh, no, you should think of doing a remake of the I Love Lucy show um, where it's you and Carrie, except, uh, you know, when oh. he would, when Desi would get upset, he would start babbling. And yes. he'd start like He'd get upset and he'd start ranting yeah. uh, in, in Spanish. In Spanish. Yeah. And I think you, you could do the same show, yeah. uh, except you just go into Welsh. Yeah, I, I live that life. I don't, you, that, that's life in our house, where I kind of curse in Welsh and kind of shout, you know, count, recount. What is a, I don't even know a Welsh swear, what it sounds like. Cachy. Yes. Let you just sneeze. Yes, I know. People people, people often say Gesundheit when I'm speaking Welsh. During COVID, you must have been a terrifying person to be around. Well, of course. They were like, get away. Get away from me. Yes. yes. Are you all right, sir? Yes. Was that a lung? Yeah. <laughs> yes. It, 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 what, but what, what, what gave me great joy the other day was actually hearing my son swear in Welsh. For the oh, that's time. terrific. Yeah. yeah. Kakti? Kakti. Kakki. Kakki. I don't want to know what it means. It's just like, I just it's, want to enjoy. It's like, yeah, okay. I'll let you. I'll let, I'll let your imagination. Let my run. mind fill yes, in. Yes, I, I can. Oh. Wa- I can watch it. It's like two little movie oh. screens. Yes, <laughs> two little beady mu- <laughs> movie screens. You're looking in my eyes. Yeah, I was. Uh, I have to ask you something, which is, I heard. I don't know if it's true that uh, that you auditioned, and I was delighted when I heard it a mm. um, number of years ago. For James Bond, the the and and the role went to Daniel Craig, as yeah. we all know. Yeah. But I think you'd be terrific. I, I really do. I really do think you'd be terrific. Thank you. I told so many people I would be. I practically told my family I was going to be. Right. Which was which was always. Did it. you uh, when you walked out of the uh, rehearsal? Did you? I mean, out of the audition? Did you see Daniel Craig sitting there with his sides and go good good luck. Good, good luck. luck. Yes, good luck, DC. <laughs> yes. I was no no, it was it was one of those moments where it, it was it was true that you they were floating this idea that that the the next James Bond would be plucked at an early age out of the Naval Academy. Yep. And they had all these great ideas like the, the Bond himself would kind of like, you know, was gonna pick the the next candidate to fill the role of 007. Right. So everyone was like, oh my God, this could this could be true. We're at the right age, this is gonna be amazing. Uh, and and this this I think it, we were a relatively large group of kind of 
young white men who were invited to read Casino Royale put on a, a nice dark suit and go to the Broccoli's office, which 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 was a sight to behold. The, the office itself that looks out over Green Park, uh, Green Park, I think, in London, was mm-hmm. just was just unbelievable. I mean, this is the family that's been producing the film since Doctor No. Yes, yeah, since the first one. Yes, so it was t- it was terrifying in itself that you walked in. There was a number of faces in that little antechamber that you knew who were very successful, and you're like, oh shit, oh god. And then we all sat there sweating and making terrible small talk, and then you're invited in, um, and this they're all behind this enormous desk. And there's so much memorabilia around that you want to start talking about it and fanning sure, out. Sure, yeah. Uh, and you're trying to trying to remain kind of very serious and suave at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to be I know. Bond, channel Bond. Oh, God, it's so, oh, it's just so depressing when you look back at it. And so what are they, did they, uh, how did you think the audition went? Well, I'm not playing Bond. <laughs> Nor have I been. I thought, well, maybe. Yes. It was a close call between no, you no. and I, Mr. Well, Craig. Obviously, in my mind, it was. You mm-hmm. know, I kept telling everyone, it was between me and Daniel Craig, they're like, it's not. He's been offered the part. Stop saying that. Um, but, <laughs> He's so, made three of yeah, them. <laughs> yes. I know, but I still think I've got a chance. Yeah. Um, they're so, just using him to get my price yeah, down. Yes. It, well, he's, he's, think of him as a warm up. So they, um, they basically said, have you read? Casino Royale and said yes and then they just said a question I hadn't anticipated for the for love and of money they went so what would you do different with Bond and then I was like oh shit I was like is this so what kind is this the trick question or is it a yeah. genuine question and I and as a terrible joke I said limp <laughs> and it went uh, and and Except, except, except it got worse because it was a quiet. It went very quiet. So then I thought I would double down and said eye patch, and then and then and then and then I just and then I just fell apart. And it lasted about thirty seconds after that. I love uh, Bond with not just a little limp, but a decided aggressive limp. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of uh, I'll get you. Someone help me. <laughs> yes. yes. I didn't want to say. I was like, look, Roger Moore had a running double and a view to a kill. It's not out of the question. Yeah. Also, just think of the comedic elements. So they were like, did you get that from, you know, missions? He's like, no, I had polio and rickets as a child. <laughs> the Navy are very accommodating. So I didn't eat enough fresh fruit <laughs> yes, as a child. Yes. So, so yeah, it was very it was very brief after that. There was a quick kind of a terse, yes, yes. Well, thank you so much for coming in. And you're like, oh, that was my Bond moment. That was your Bond moment. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and I think of that often. But then I still think of the question. I go, well, I, I, as you can tell, I don't. I still don't have a, a coherent answer that would have wowed them. I often wonder what Daniel Craig said to that question. What would you have said to that question? I would have said, uh, "That's a you know, what if what if he's very claustrophobic? Uh, does he, he has little he has little ticks, you know? So yeah. he doesn't take elevators. Oh, he only good. takes stairs. stairs. That's good." Uh, doesn't like to. Oh, how about a Bond that doesn't like to fly? <laughs> See? And so there, it, you know the way because most of those movies are he's hopping yes. from he's in London yeah. obviously, yes. but then suddenly he's in Saint, you know Saint Moritz, but yeah. then he's in uh, you know he's on the Ivory Coast, he's yeah. all over the place. Yeah. A Bond who needs to. It's in his contract. I don't fly. Yeah, yeah that's good. So it's long boat rides. Yes, yes, or trains. Trains. Yes. Trains and then boats. Yeah, so you're always cutting to him in travel, exhausted. Yeah, and M is always saying, well, is Bond there? Well, no. Let's see where he is now. Yeah. He's... Yeah, brilliant. <laughs> see, brilliant. You can see that. Yes. I can see that. Yes, yeah. I could have... Yeah. 
And uh, I know. Yeah. God. Think of the film career I'd have had yeah. with talent and a completely different face. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine how close I got. I, I won't. I won't. Yes, you will. Yes, oh, will. tonight as you try and fall asleep. <laughs> yes, it'll be the only thing you'll that'll haunt. be thinking. It'll haunt Carrie me. Carrie will say, Why are you twisting and turning in the bed? Yes, because I have a problem with the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you're calling it now? Yes. <laughs> Is that the euphemism for it now? Yes, it is. I have a problem with the Pope. <laughs> yes. You know, uh, I've been shooting a, a travel, some travel pieces recently, mm. and I find myself kickboxing in Thailand, and I think, how could this have happened? Yeah. You know, I come from Boston, Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, my parents were nothing near show business. I love that part of it. And I know that, you know, f for example, uh, for... Second season of of Perry Mason, which I adore. You got to ride a vintage motorcycle. Mm. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Are you a, are you a motorcycle guy? Well, this will color the way I answer this question. Okay, I'll tell you this. Yeah, I do have a motorcycle. Uh, I don't. I have all these rules about when I ride it because I I I want my kids to. Yes. I want to meet my grandchildren. Yes. But I recently was in a very exotic location, and they found a a. a uh, motorcycle for me to ride for this one shot and it was a 1956 bmw in bangkok and i just was looking at this thing it's one of the most beautiful things i've ever seen in my life mm. and then you ride it and you think uh, <laughs> i really like the improvements they've made yes <laughs> I, motorcycles I like and, the look of this thing. oh the i love the look of yes it. but what did you get to ride so it was a 19 the nineteen thirty-three Harley Davidson, right? Um, and and it took a course very quickly. So they said, <clears throat> they said uh, we were talking about what what we're going to do with Mason, and they said, what do you like dream scenario? What would you get to do in this? And I said, look, I, I do love being on a horse. I've always loved horses. If you can find your way onto a horse, if you can find Mason onto a horse, that'd be great. But in a courtroom scene. Yes, I was like, there, <laughs> now there's your challenge. That, yes. That's what I've noticed about the new season that threw me a bit, yes. is you're often on horseback yes. in the courtroom. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I hope. Yes. There was a lot of objections. It, just, it takes me out of the... I anyway. know, everyone said that. Um, <laughs> so so one of the writers, one of the writers uh, was an, is, is an enormous, you know, motorbike fan. So he said, I'm going to, you know, we have, we're going to have Mason on a motorbike for a great. So then they, the stunt coordinator calls me and says, can you ride a motorbike? I said, I can. I said, I've had to ride a vintage one before. They said, great, come down. We're going to do a, a test day, you know, weeks before. Okay, great. Let's go down. Producers there. Everyone's there. And there's the Harley guy. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay, <clears throat> so you hold this and then pull that in. Now, stay, obviously, well, obviously you'll have pumped this first. And I'm like, right. Then, then you go for the, right. Now, now the kickstart. As that's kickstart, timing, timing, right. Turn that, turn, turn, turn. I was like, this will never work. Can't you get me something that looks like this, but it just has an on-off switch. Yes. And uh, and it has an automatic transmission. It's exactly. <laughs> so, so that was established very quickly. I did. So they got the stuntman to ride it uh, for a second. Uh, and no one could hear anything. Everyone's going, I can't hear over the noise of this thing. Right. <clears throat> the stuntman said, oh, this, whoa, this is tricky, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Wow, this is dangerous. <laughs> yeah, I, w I wouldn't want to ride this thing. Yeah. So the producers very quickly went, turned to the action vehicle team and went, 
how long would it take to turn this into an electric bike? <laughs> which there were audible gasps from certain male members of this group. Yes, yes. You've been emasculated. Oh, so they took it away and they turned it into an e-bike. So very often out on set, it was it was still this beautiful, <laughs> this shell of a thing, 1933 Harley that had all these all these batteries, you know, squirreled away about it. <laughs> and very often we were on location in various places around LA and I'd be on the thing kind of warming it, you know, do, doing little laps and stuff like that. And gentlemen of us, usually a certain age would come up and go, whoa, 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 what, what is that? And I was like, well, it's, it's, a, it's a 1933 Harley Davidson. And they go, yeah, but it's not an original. They wouldn't have done that to an original. And I went, yes, they <laughs> because I asked them to. Yes. And some it was met with a very great mix of reverence for the for the engineering that would have gone into turning into an e-bike and abject disgust to the butchering of some American history. The uh I'm also thinking of, you know, most people want the Harley in any era because of that distinctive Harley sound. And right. I imagine this thing sounded like yes. <laughs> and it, little bubbles came out. Yes, the back. It, ha- it was like an, it was like <laughs> and then warning, battery low. <laughs> yes, yes. Embarrassing sounds come out of it. Yeah, yeah. And it would tell you when you needed, you know, another coffee or something. It was something like that. So it was it was it was it was good and both bad. Yeah. And then the other the flip side of that was when they said, Oh, we're gonna we're gonna write we're gonna write this uh we're gonna write this scene where you're in Santa Ana uh, racetrack on a thoroughbred. And I was like, are you doing what though? And they went, Well, you're galloping around the track. And I said, Yeah, yes, but I I won't get to gallop. That'll be a stuntman. They won't allow me to do that. And they went, oh, sorry. Well, we've written it. So cut two is me on the most, this is probably one of the most humiliating moments. They kind of got me this, it was used in Seabiscuit, but it's basically like an adult (laughs) rocking horse that's attached to the back of a pickup. Yeah, so there's a stuntman riding a horse. It looks amazing. And then they cut in for the tight shot of Perry Mason. Yes. And um, you're on basically a carpet. Yeah. A horse-colored carpet has been laid over a fake horse back. Yeah. And that's it. And, and it that, rocks a little bit. Yes. And they and they sort of and then the, the horse wrangling team kind of sit with you while you they try and talk you through how you should be looking on this adult hobby horse. It was that was a that was a bad that was a bad day. I didn't enjoy that day. But then you asked, could I have this, please? Yes. And they said, Yes, of course, take it. We call it biscuit. If <laughs> they do, it was it was built for sea biscuit. I like to uh I like riding, but it feels a little dangerous now. And so <laughs> Yes. Be love you know what I'd love it if you just went out in the country so, so, and and you know, Carrie and the family are right. in the truck and you're just in the back. Yes, yes pretending to pretending gallop. Pretending to gallop. Oh, I thought this is what I genuinely wanted. I said I would pay if it, if this was allowed, I would pay good money to go up and down Hollywood Boulevard in this pickup and I'm just on the back giving it the full <laughs> and they, they didn't even answer they just looked at me no went, yeah that's not gonna uh, you know we've been talking about because I, I love I, obviously I love the Americans I love uh, Perry Mason and I love the take on it I love that the first season was about it's the origin story mm. which I thought was brilliantly yeah. done yes and, yeah. uh, and now that that's been settled you're off and running yeah. which is fantastic but I must mention your stunning cameo in Cocaine Bear. Uh, yes, yes. Hey, and I want to start by saying, <clears throat> when I when I read I read the script, and then one of the first lines says Andrew Thornton the mm-hmm. second. So I go, if you Google Andrew Thornton the second, mm-hmm. surely that, I've already said I've pitched this to Elizabeth Banks. I said we have to do the prequel 
that leads up to that moment where he's throwing cocaine. Because he's a fascinating plane. story. Oh my god! Yes, he's but, unbelievable. But the film opens, and I don't think I'm spoiling much of anything. But I, you know, I was, uh, if, you know, I would have. I'll, I'll go see you in anything. So thank, thank did you. I not know? Uh, that, you know, um, Elizabeth Banks, I'm I'm friendly with her and I was excited to see Cocaine Bear and I really enjoyed it. And so the whole thing was a success. But if I hadn't known any of those things and I just heard that you were in this movie, I'd have said, well, it's, it's Matthew Reese. I got to go check it out. And so I would go and <laughs> you're, you were gone very quickly. Oh, yes. <laughs> instantly in a way that's hilarious. Yes, but it was very strategic because I, I was, Kerry was shooting in Ireland. Ireland was being shot as Appalachia, obviously. Right. Um, and... I'd been I'd been with the kids going to various aquariums for some time, mm-hmm. and I'd read the script and I'd and in passing I said, "Who's playing that? Who's playing Andrew the Andrew Thornton the, the second? She's like, "Who's he?" I was like, "The guy, the guy, the guy at the beginning, the whole right. reason for this film." Right. And she's like, "I don't, I, I don't know. I'll ask." Banks. I was like, "Text Banks now. See if any." She goes, "We haven't even cast it yet." So I said, "Tell, I'll do, I'll do it. I'll do it because <laughs> it would mean half a day away from the children." <laughs> Kerry wasn't in the scene, and I knew I could get like a solid three quarters of a day on my own yes and that that was the sole reason for doing it and then you held out for 10 million dollars i did i and did you got it I, I got it i got it but i think it was worth <laughs> i think i think i was i was worth it and i had a lot of it's fun. the best 80 seconds of, of my film. life of my <laughs> life that's all my reel is now is that 80 seconds um we're talking about uh you know, this antique uh, motorcycle it reminds me that i heard that you got yourself this boat yeah. recently yeah and I love the way you got the boat. Yeah. Which is, it, it started, which is a deadly combination. I think, were you on, were you on the internet? I was. And was drink involved? <laughs> and late at night, yes. Okay. Yes, yes. It was okay. actually Welsh whiskey, I hasten to add, which I don't usually drink. So I count that as part of this madness befell me. Mm-hmm. But I, was, I, I, do, I do occasionally like to look at old, <laughs> old boats. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I, was lo- I was looking, and I'm a little bit of a Hemingway fan. And, sure. I, and I saw this boat which I, I knew Hemingway had a Wheeler Playmate and I saw a Wheeler Playmate for sale on eBay and I knew there's very few around. This boat was also called Rarebit. Now, I don't know if you know the dish. Welsh Rarebit, yeah. She was named Rarebit in 1939, which was built in Brooklyn. And so many planets were aligning and colliding. Oh, that's what, that's that's a, a voice from beyond saying, this. you have to do this. Right, and that's what I told Carrie in the morning. I said, <laughs> not that I have to do this, that I had done it. Yes. Reeking of alcohol. Yes, I've bought a boat. <laughs> and she's like, you don't even row. I was like, oh, it's beyond rowing. Oh, we're not <laughs> yeah. talking about no, rowing, no, my child. No, no, we shall take family trips to this. So, yeah, so I embarked on this four-year odyssey of madness where I restored the where I restored this boat. Well, myself and the captain did. She's she she kind of spearheaded the restoration because so many things went wrong. We started out with a shipwright who said he would do it, didn't do it. Another one did, didn't do it. So in the end, she my captain said, "We'll do it. Listen, there's plenty of YouTube videos. We just need to do that. And we'll be fine." And that's what we did over many years. And then we passed, we passed the inspection and now she's being chartered in New York Harbor. I am still waiting for the captain to call going, we're going down. And it's that little <laughs> bit in the front that you did. You half-wit. Yeah. <laughs> you said you patched it. I did. I did. I didn't say with what. Yeah. Uh, so this is the boat because I'm also a Hemingway fan. And ah. I think this is the boat that, did he have this boat in Cuba? He did. Okay, and uh, I think there's there's famous footage of him. He would, 
He would go out mm. and uh, and fish on this boat. Yes, um, and had it had a big chair, like a big yeah uh, a fighting chair, fighting chair. Yeah. and then uh, he would, um, you know, unfortunately also drink a lot yes. on the boat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which uh, which is you know didn't help things no, for him. No, I was in uh, Cuba once. I didn't get to see his house. But I was shooting something in Havana, and I was in a bar. I was shooting a travel show in in uh, in in Havana. How long have you been doing this travel show? It was called Conan Without Borders. It's now we're shifting into something else. We're going to give it a different Conan name. with Borders. Conan with yeah with yes. Borders. Good, good. Responsible Conan. Oh, good. Um, Conan who stays within yes. the, the county lines. Mental borders. Yeah, yeah. It's just me roaming around a very small portion of Los Angeles. Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, mostly in a, the same mall. Brilliant. Uh, but um, I was there and I went to a bar and I guess it was one of Hemingway's favorite bars in Havana and there's a big statue, there's a life-size statue of him at the bar. So it's a life-size Hemingway in bronze that's at the bar, leaning against the bar, having a drink and I thought, you know... He was an alcoholic. Yes, <laughs> this I know. We're, this is strange. I know that. This is strange. Yes, the this, applauding or, or the, 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 yeah, yeah. the deifying. I yeah, know. it was a little strange. It was, uh, yeah. but whatever. Yes, Still, I know. After a few drinks, I was happy to see the statue. <laughs> and have your photo taken. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Several photos. I, I know. I have this, I, have, I do have this strange, I have this strange relationship with Hemingway. Kind of, I think it boils down to my own strange relationship with kind of possibly what I do and, 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 do you say machismo? Yeah. Yes. So I kind of grapple with all these things at the time because sometimes I look at what I do and I go, oh my God, this is so stupid. Or or I feel at times very emasculated and therefore I wonder, I wonder sometimes if I overcompensate by doing stupid things like this or whether I, you know, but then at the end of the day, I enjoy it. It's the- a boat. It's a beautiful boat. Yes. I'm all for it. I know. And I, I accept your invitation. To- g- g- glorious. <laughs> I, st- I stuttered too heavily. Wow, you're a... Damn, I'm You're bad. not quite as good no, an actor as I thought no, you were. No, no, polish isn't, my, no, isn't there yet. <laughs> I, I hate I, yes. yes. Oh, damn it, ask me again. There's always a second take. That's why I love uh, soap operas is that, um, the, and, and certain kinds of TV dramas is that an actor will clearly register displeasure, <laughs> but the other actor... All the act, you know, so you'll come to me and you'll say, well, Conan, I'll be spending the weekend with you. And I'll go, the weekend with me? <laughs> and then you'll go, problem. And I'll go, uh, 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 not at all. I know. And then you're as happy as a clown. I know. Whereas it's... anyone else in the go, world. Did you, did you blink for that length of time? What happened to your brain in those four seconds? I love to do that in real life. I know, uh, but I know. I think I'm happy that you got this boat. I think well, it's great. Well, then come aboard anytime you want. Oh, seriously, the children, I will. Don't, the children don't go near it anymore. They've only done it like twice. I think it's you and me out on the ocean it's together. pretty much it. Sending out distress calls. You know, we can't have... Immediately, I'll be sending out distress calls. We don't... <laughs> when it's slightly rocking. Yes. You'll say, Conan, we're fine. Why, why is it doing that? <laughs> Why is there motion in this vehicle? Make it stop. Um, I am going to, you're a busy man. You're a busy man. You have things to do. You have worlds to conquer. I say I do. I know, but you know what? Everyone, I learned to say it. I used to say I have nowhere to go. Oh. And my time is yours. Yes. I was dead in Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) So what I love is uh, when you get the call ahead of time, uh, Matthew Reese, he's, you know, he's got a lot going on. He's he's very busy. And so I know that if I follow you down to the lobby, you're going to go across the street, yeah. get a bubble tea. No, there's a biriyani truck outside. <laughs> I clocked that on the way in. 
I'm no strain. No stranger to some street Indian food. I, uh, you are a pure delight. Uh, you're a crazy talented actor, oh, but God. also you are hilariously funny. <laughs> and it is a personal grudge of mine. Um, I when when handsome uh, talented actors are also hilariously funny. It enrages me. I like to say this was my consolation prize for other things. So fuck you. Thank you. Fuck you. Thank you. <laughs> now there's it's a not, it's not right. No, there's a turn of phrase I've heard it many a time and will uh -huh. happily hear again. What? Fuck you. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you know, I always heard the the Welsh were just brilliant poets. Yes. And there you heard it and right the, there. You heard it right there. Can I hear it in Welsh? Kerry Gravy. Kerry Gravy. Yeah, there you go. Perfectly oh, said. Oh, Kerry Gravy. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to keep that one. Yes. That would was, come in handy. I was doing I was doing a play once off Broadway and and I was playing not a very a very likable character. And I I was I would say within half a block of the theater after finishing, and a woman was walking in the opposite direction of me. She was I was walking away from this, she was coming towards me, and she just went, You're an asshole. <laughs> and I thought, and then I thought, oh, she's seen the play. Yeah. And then I went, hang on, she's walking in the opposite. I'm walking from the theater, she's walking in the opposite direction towards it. So maybe she hasn't seen the play. And that stayed with me forever. Did you ever find out? No. And it's, I've always wondered whether she's seen the play or not. Or and whether... then you married her. And then and that, <laughs> and that's when I knew. I'm so needy. That's oh, the woman I would follow. Exactly. Is there any way I can make it up It played to into every insecurity I had. Uh, well Ma played. Matthew, uh, good God. It's uh, just... It's, this is the made my day. Seriously, well, thank you very much. Thank you for the invitation as always. Oh my this God. Is a, a true joy. Yes. I will come. I will haunt you on please, and your boat. You'll please, see. Please do. It needs a ghost. <laughs> <laughs>
and smart. You can check in on your home and manage your security systems from virtually anywhere. Google Nest cams can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. You can know that there's a package out there. I know. And not a person. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, sometimes a person rings the doorbell and I think it's a package. Anyway, (laughs) and with Nest Aware as part of your monthly ADT service, you can get 30 days of event video history, even smarter notifications, like when a familiar or unfamiliar face is seen. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just a tap. I'm always setting off alarms accidentally. This is helpful for me. Oh, good. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, well, you got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are trademarks of Google LLC. Okay, true story. Uh, the other day I walk into our wonderful offices here in Larchmont, Los mm-hmm. Angeles, and uh, I stroll in and I, I hear that uh, our talent coordinator, Maddie Ogden, is chatting away. She's terrific, by the way. She Love is her. She wonderful. is great. She has this amazing sense of style. Uh, she's very funny. Funny comic in her own right. She's a very funny uh, stand-up comedian, and she also greets all the guests when they come in, she makes them feel right at home. She puts these baskets of food. I encourage you, if you haven't been a guest on the show, be a guest just to meet Maddie and get the snacks. Yeah, okay. Those and are you, good snacks. you do not have to be famous. Uh, trust me, that's the new culture. Anyway, Maddie was talking, and she apparently had had some dental surgery, and sort of they excavate the tooth a little bit, and then uh, if you clean it out too much, you get something called dry socket. Ooh. That's oh. where. Literally some of the nerves, and I know this is gonna freak some people out, but some of the nerves in the jaw get exposed and it's temporary, it goes away. But what you have to do is you have to put uh, a little bit of a medication in there that numbs the pain. Okay. So you have to literally drop this medication down into this little hole in your tooth and it numbs the pain and then you're fine, okay? okay. This brought back a memory, a repressed memory that I have, Okay. okay? And it's a story about what an amazing man Andy Richter is. That's, here's how it goes. A number of years ago when I'm doing the late night show, back in the old days in New York and Rockefeller Center, I had to have this work done on my tooth and they said, we're gonna finish this up later, but you should be fine. You're gonna have some pain. Um, so here's what you do. Get someone on your staff to, here's a little vial of liquid anesthetic. Get someone on your staff to take these little balls of, of cotton, tiny, and dip and soak them in this liquid anesthetic and then reach back with tweezers. And here are the tweezers we're giving them to you and drop them into this part of your tooth. So I go thinking- How big is the hole? It's like a little hole in your tooth, not that big. In the tooth? Yeah, okay. so I'm getting to it. So I, oh, I, I think, oh, this will be easy. And so I, I, I get to work and I think, wait a minute, who do I ask to do this? I'm kind of looking around. I'm thinking, you can't ask an intern. And I'm not gonna ask my assistant. This is just weird. I don't know who to ask. What am I gonna do? Maybe I could yell at a writer. No, these writers, they all have, you know, they're all addicts and stuff. Their hands shake. That's not gonna work. So, you know, I'm, I'm telling the problem to somebody and I'm saying, uh, yeah, it's starting to hurt now. And Andy Richter, God bless his soul, my on-air sidekick says, I'll do it. What's the big deal? So anyway, for about two weeks before the show, he's dressed up, he's in makeup. I'm dressed up, I'm in makeup, the band's playing, but I don't know why they did that song. Um, <laughs> and I'm in my dressing room and Andy would come in and go like, it's, you know, 
4.30, time to go. And he would <laughs> take out the stuff and he would, like an expert, he would dip the little cotton ball in there and then it'd go open wide and I'd open wide. And um, I don't know why he's Roseanne. Yeah. And then <laughs> he'd reach way back there and like, with the, seriously, with the skill of an eye surgeon, he would drop this little pellet into the hole. This was pretty small and it would go down and land perfectly. And he'd go, all right, let's go do the show. Oh my <laughs> God. You know, did Regis oh. ever do this for Kathy Lee? Oh. Did Ed McMahon ever do this for Johnny Carson? That's special. This is yeah, special. That's nice. And I just thought, I, it just gave me this reminder that like, I think I, I blocked all of that out. What'd you do for Andy? Um, I remember trying to push a $5 bill into his hand when it was all over. And he uh, was, five? Yeah. You could have gotten him a nice gift. I thought, I said, hey, buddy, go out in the town tonight. It's on me. And it was a $5 <laughs> bill. Five? In yeah. New York City? I know. That I doesn't know. do anything. I don't know. I was a child of the Depression, so I thought no, you he know. can, he can. No, I mean, I was very depressed as oh, a child. Oh, right. right. But right. I thought he could go out on the town. <laughs> My mother used to do that when she would send us to the store. There were like six kids and she'd, she'd give us, you know, a quarter and say, how well, of you get sodas? <laughs> and tell Franklin Roosevelt I said hi. Uh, but we used to go like, mom, you can't get, we can't all get Cokes for a quarter. Well, I think you can. Uh, but anyway, I was just, I had this sense because Maddie brought it up, I thought that's unusual. That's That's the kind of, I was lucky, lucky yeah. to you know, have a real friend like Andy. Return the favor to her and put her little pellets in her mouth. No, I think in today's climate, that, I, would, that would be creepy. Yeah, yeah. You did, you, know? ma- you did officiate his wedding recently, so that's nice. No, and to be seri- to be honest, I I didn't press a five dollar bill into his I hand. Know. No one. It was seven dollars. Oh, that wow. that's more believable. Crinkly old, fucked up ones, <laughs> most of which were taped together. Oh. But anyway, I just had a, this is a memory of something that I remember very clearly. And, and also what an unusual, you know, we had a, you know, a TV show that was on a network and it's kind of a big deal. And we have this big studio and big guests and no one would ever believe that if I told them that it's literally minutes before we go out there and do this show. And Andy's saying, "Ah, Conan, have a seat. You're right, Andy. It's time. Open your mouth. Dip, 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 scorch, scorch. Bombs away. <laughs> I'm surprised you guys actually didn't do this on the show. Like, I know we should have it. done it on the show, but. Uh, no, I think it's okay. I will, say, <laughs> I will say this. Whenever that stuff used to wear off, Ooh. man, Ooh. that would, uh, you'd feel, you'd, you'd feel that. Yeah, that would feel that. So, it. yeah. get it. But anyway, um, Andy Richter, a great man and an incredible dental technician. Oh, he's, so, he's not. Well, he's, yeah, I think he's actually being schooled right now. He learned. He said, I was like, oh, this is fantastic. (laughs) You inspired him. He's one of the best in Beverly Hills. It's a side side hustle for him. He makes millions of dollars a year. And that's all he does is drop little anesthetics down tiny holes. I wish I hadn't said tiny holes. I know. But it happened. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. With Conan O'Brien, Sonam Obsessian, and Matt Gourley. Produced by me, Matt Gourley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Nick Liao, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Eduardo Perez. Additional production support by Mars Melnick. 
talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded.